Welcome to Miles and Miles of Miles with your host, Miles. I am so excited to be here again. We're at podcast number two. I didn't know if there was going to be a number two. I'm sure some of you were wondering too. I'm sure some of you forgot I even did a podcast. But why I'm doing this is because I want to give an outlet. I give another way for my youth group in Greenville, the ambassadors, you guys know who you are if you're listening. Another way to just be thinking about things biblically and to talk through some things and to provide an open forum for others to be able to talk. Now, what we're going to be talking about today is something I don't, I don't want to be talking about. I'm not going to lie. I was stalling and did not want to bring this up. But the Lord laid it upon my heart. The Lord kind of broke me down. And although I don't have a guest, I wanted a guest to kind of help me give a different perspective. But, you know, some things fell through. We're all busy with COVID. But what I want to talk about is how do Christians respond to racial tension? And that's a big, big topic. I go hours and hours about that. But what I want to start off is that our goal here during this time, however long we go, is that we are going to strive to glorify God and love others through this. I want us to prevent any miscommunications. I do not want us to leave here thinking the wrong thing. What I want us to leave here thinking is that God's amazing and God made creation amazing. Okay, God makes everything amazing and that we oftentimes fall away. We, we do oftentimes fall away into our own sin. But I want us to see that we can talk about these things, that we as these common people, and what I mean by that is people not in the media spotlight, who are in the public spotlight, and people who aren't really talking about these too much need to let our voice be heard because we can't just remain silent. That is not the solution to this. The solution to this is Christ. And, you know, I feel very not qualified to be talking about this because I was thinking I, I, need, a, I need a black person to be on here to, to talk to me, talk about this, you know. And it's very easy for us to see our identity as something like my identity is I'm white, or my identity is I'm black. I'm black, number one. I'm white. That's my, that's my identity. Or society defines my identity. Or culture defines my identity. But what I want us as Christians to see is that Christ comes first. Being a Christian is first. It's our first priority. Glorifying God is our first priority. Then other things fall along, and they stem from our Christian perspective. So as Christians, we're going to talk about a problem facing the world today. And how Christians should respond to it. That is what I want us to do. So, like I said, I'm not racist, but I'm not perfect. So, please, talk to me. Message me. Um, If you want to come on the podcast, I'm happy to talk about things. This is what the podcast is for. It's not something to kill time. It's not something silly. It's just here for us to provide a way to talk. Because I think that's going to be a big way to moving forward. Because I want us to have Christ at the foundation and then see things spread from that. So, without further ado, let's get into this. Now, as I go in, I want to make sure we understand the difference between Scripture and opinions, okay? Now, I'm going to try to be clear on this, because some of this is going to be my opinion, okay? And that might be opinion based off of some statistics, things, some different sources, but it could still be my opinion, and that you might have a different opinion, and that's okay. And we can talk about it and share from each other's different sides. But what we cannot disagree with is what's in Scripture, because that's Scripture, that's God-breathed, and that this is 
truth. And I want to distinguish between that. So the first part of this podcast is going to be more so my opinion. Now, my opinion stems from Scripture, but it's still there's some opinion in there. So I don't want you to listen to that if you're you might get upset with some things I'm saying because I'm not going to necessarily be politically correct or whatever that means. I'm going to talk about what I believe. And then when we get into the second part, it'll be exactly from Scripture. Like we're taking Bible verses out, reading from them. Not that we're not doing that in the first part, but in the second part, it'll be a little bit different, more of a of a, a Bible study type thing. I hope that makes sense. So I'll have a timestamp distinguishing between the two. And I want us to be able to listen and enjoy this and hopefully learn something, both of us. I want to learn something from me talking. You'd be surprised how often that happens. But part one is problems in America. Now, my question to you all is, what is happening in the world right now? And you think about that and you say, well, it depends. Because <laughs> there seems like there's 50,000 things happening in the world right now. It seems like in January there was something happening. If you talk about January, something different was happening. February, it seems like every month, every week, every day, something new happens. And you're like, I can't even keep up. I try to send updates to people and I don't even know. I can't keep up. There's too many <laughs> updates because something's changing every day. But what I think is the core to what is happening in the world right now is that people are trying to find an answer to life. Because We've seen that the world is so fickle and it crumbles and falls apart. And that when we put our trust in the world, our trust will be broken because the world is not faithful to us. And that's what people are seeing and they're trying to find an answer. They're trying to get some control. But as Christians, we realize that we relinquish that control to Christ because he takes better care of us than we could ever take of ourselves. So a big thing is that people are trying to fill their void, the void that where where Christ is missing. Now, I kind of want to move into really specific things about what's happening in the world right now. And I have two big, two, three, three big things. And we'll go through them and then we'll move into our, our Bible study side of things, our biblical solutions. But number one is writing and protesting. Okay. Now, this is not going to take long because I think we can get this. That as Americans, we have the right to protest. Can we agree on that? That we have the right to protest something we think is wrong. Now, we have to do that the right way. We have to do that the way set by our law. We have to do that the right way. Now, not going to lie to you. When I'm driving down the street and a road's closed because of a protest or a gas station's closed because of a protest, I'm not the happiest man. But I understand that that's their right. And if I was in their position, I would still want that right. Now, what we cannot do is riot. I, it doesn't make sense, okay? Because even if there is sin, and there is racism moral, but say there's a sin, and then you take another sin and add that, sin plus sin equals sin. You can't expect to solve a sin with another sin. That's not how life works. And we could, you guys know that famous quote, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. It's not going to work. Writing is just another sin on top of a sin to cause more sin. And sin, as we see in James, leads to destruction. So we protest, we do things the right way, and we'll see results. We talk, civil discourse. That's what we're doing right now. That's what the purpose of this is. But writing is wrong. 
I'm going to leave it at that because I think that's very biblical. Sin plus sin equals more sin. Okay, let's move on from that. Let's go to the police brutality side of things. And there's a lot that goes into this. And this is what could probably be the biggest part people disagree with. If no matter what side you're on, there's going to be different opinions, varying opinions. That's okay. We can talk about it. Now, what I believe and what I see from facts and common sense is that defunding, and that wasn't a jab at anybody. I'm just saying this is logical. That defunding and eliminating the police force does not solve anything. You just try to wipe it clean, and now you're empty. You didn't solve a problem. You just took the problem and threw it in the trash and hope it went away. It's, it's still in the trash. It's still a problem. So we need to solve the problem the right way if there is a problem. And honestly, I, I don't know if we're seeing the problem the right way. And I'll get more into that in a minute. But I think what would be awesome, and I heard this a, a quote from an awesome professor, and he said that one of the best ways to change the police force, if you want to change it for the better, is to, ha is to go into it, you know? If you're a parent and you have a kid who's, who's really about to graduate from college and has a desire to do good but is really bold about the police force and has this desire to change things, you know, tell them to go into the police force and change things. If we're so desperate to change something, we need to get right into it and try to change it. Now, what I want, now with that, that could be taken a bad way because we'll change it for worse. But if we're all working together to make the police force better, then go into the police force and make it better. Now, I want to be careful with this because I do not want to seem insensitive, but I want us to look at some statistics I saw. Just kind of looking at the scope of what we call police brutality and looking at, I, I don't think it's as rampant as we think, and I don't think it's as targeted as we think. So let me give you some statistics. Just bear with me, okay? Don't get, don't get upset. I want you to listen. Is that at the National Academy of Science, a study was shown in 2015, 2016, that Looking at all these shootings that cops did, pulling out their gun and shooting at someone, that there was no pattern. So what we mean by that is that they weren't targeting white people. They weren't targeting black people. There wasn't them targeting men or targeting women. It was just a broad brush of that there were different situations and no one was targeted. Okay? And then we look at another statistic in 2019 from the Washington Post. Now, it's not 2000. See, with the National Academy of Science, that statistic that there's no pattern shooting, you could say, okay, Miles, that might be true, but we're in 2020 now. So let's go to a study that was done in 2019. We can't do 2020 yet because the year's not finished. But in 2019, nine black men who were unarmed were killed. Horrible. You don't want anyone to die. Now, I don't know. Some of those might have been justified. Some of them might not have been. I don't know each situation. But I know that nine black men were killed who were unarmed, and they were shot by cops. Now, keep going into that, 19 white men who were unarmed were shot by cops in 2019. So see what I'm saying here. Nine black, 19 white. I, it's, just, it's, it's not me. It's not my opinion here. This is fact. This is a statistic someone did. Now, you can make an argument and say, Miles, those statistics could be skewed. Who knows? And that's the person still talking. But I say, you look at the statistics, you get the way they did it. And it looks legit to me. But I encourage you to look it, up, look it up and see it. Now, another thing they said is that half of all homicides are black-on-black -black violence. 
I'm not doing this to single out anyone. I just want us to be thinking about this from a broad perspective. And that we're not, people aren't as racist as we think they are. Yes, there are racists. Okay, yes, I agree with that. I'm not going to be hyperbolic and say there's no racism or everyone's not racist. That's not true. There's racists out in the world, in America. But when we look at facts, it doesn't seem like the whole system, the whole police force is targeting black people. You might disagree. Talk to me about it. I encourage you to look up a study by Roland Fryer. I can't do justice by explaining, but it was by a black man who said that there were, he looked at all the shootings from cops in recent history, and he did it a few years ago, but he said there's no difference in the shootings, that there's no pattern. It's not that one person, one police person is, is attacking black people or one per, police person is attacking white people or uh, not seen from a broad I hope, I hope that makes sense. I hope I explained that well. But Roland Fryer says there's no difference in shootings. I can't explain. I'm not a very good statistics guy. But I encourage you to look that up. Okay? Because it's a, he, did, he did a great study. And it gave him a result he wasn't expecting. Now, when I say all of this, I actually want to kind of not break my argument. I think the argument stands because there's statistics in it. But what I want us to do is say, okay, let's stop seeing things in black and white. And I mean that in two ways. That Let's stop seeing people as, that's a black person, that's a white person, that's a Hispanic, that's an Asian. We don't need to define people by that. Now, Morgan Freeman said, just, <laughs> you're like, okay, it's Morgan Freeman, we're not talking about some scholar. But Morgan Freeman once said, stop talking about racism. That's the way to solve it. Now, you might say, uh, it's a problem, we have to talk about it. That's fair, that's a valid point. But what I think he's touching on here is that we get so focused on this person being black, this person being white, that that becomes their full identity. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. That shouldn't be what you're defined by. And we said that in the, minute, in the beginning, as Christians, we should be defined as being Christians. That's our first priority, and the other stuff stems from it. So let us stop seeing things like that. Now, the other way I mean black and white is that a lot of times we put things in two positions, two categories. Let me give you some examples that we have republics, Republicans, Democrats, two extreme sides, or not necessarily extremes, but two sides of the same, of a coin. I hope that makes sense. And you have white and black, you have conservative or liberal, you have all lives matter, you have black lives matter. I could go on and on and on because people love to take sides. I don't like that idea. I like standing for what you believe in. I like that. But I think when you go full to a side, you get really, it's very easy to be corrupted. I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. You guys have heard that before. And I don't want that to be a cop-out. I've heard some people say, don't be in the middle. Don't be one of those guys. Pick a side. And I think that's, that's kind of foolish. And I think we need to look at both sides, take what's good, throw away what's bad, learn from it, and move forward. It's, you have to be very careful when choosing a side. And you don't always have to choose a side. Now, as Christians, we know we choose a side. We choose to stand by Christ no matter what. That's a side we stand on. That's a hill I will die on. But in stuff that doesn't matter like that, like our eternity, do we have to die on that hill? No. No, we don't. The answer to that is no. Now, moving on with these position ideas is that 
two of the biggest ones today are we have All Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter. I'm going to say I don't like both. I'll be honest with you, I was leaning more towards the All Lives Matter. Not because Black Lives don't matter. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying I thought that idea was was better. And it conveyed more of what I thought, that we should stop racism, we should love everyone. But not mess, not say that we don't stop sin. We love people, we care about people, and we tell them when they're doing stuff wrong. It's part of loving one another. But what I want us to to see is that these two sides, I, I don't like what they communicate because they're not statements. I agree with both of these statements. All lives do matter. Black lives do matter. Hopefully we can all agree on that. But they're not just statements. They're, they're beliefs. They're values. There's so much behind it. It's not just a denotative contest. It's, it's connotative. And that with all lives matter and seeing it from a black lives matter perspective is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's a black lives matter advocate. Talk to me about it. But they see it as we're just not getting the point when we say all lives matter. That not dip, all lives matter. But you're saying that all lives matter by extension, or you're saying black lives matter and by extension all lives matter. So you're saying we're, we're singling out this one person because there's oppression on that person. Whether we believe there's oppression or not, that's what they're saying. And they're saying we need to focus on this problem. Okay? Because in Nazi Germany, we would have said that Jewish lives matter and we would have focused on helping the Jews, right? That's a fair point. I agree with the Black Lives Matter statement. Okay. So I don't think we should be saying all lives matter because it, its connotation is very hostile now and doesn't seem to understand and take things from the right perspective. Now, Black Lives Matter, the reason I don't like that is because I cannot stand behind the organization. Now, if you were listening to the Berean podcast at all, and you might, some of you might not even know what that is, but that's okay, because um, you live in Greenville. But if you were listening to that at all, we talked about an article about Black Lives Matter, and it led us to the Black Lives Matter website. Now, when you look at the belief statement by the Black Lives Matter, and I actually have it printed out here, it starts out pretty good. Okay, I can agree with some of it, you know, most of it. I don't think there's really anything. It's just saying Black Lives Matter. I agree with that. But then it extends... And it starts going to places I don't want it to go because it moves away from a Christian value system. Let me show you what I mean. I'm going to read you two paragraphs and I want you to listen. It says, we disrupt, this is the, the Black Lives Matter organization talking, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another. Okay, moving on to the next point. We foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather, the belief that all in the world are heterosexual. All right. So that's, that's, those are big statements. But first statement is saying that it's moving away from the Western prescribed nuclear family. That it's moving away from the idea of just having a mom and a dad. That doesn't have to be that. And it says Western prescribed. It's not Western prescribed. That's scriptural. That's, that's biblical. And see, they're, they're, they're not Christian in their their beliefs. And I'm always hesitant to support any organization that's not Christian. And that should be a that should be a rule of thumb for anyone. That's not me high and mighty. That's just something we need to think through. But that they're moving away from this, this family structure. And man, is this ironic because some of the biggest problems in our world today are these single parent households where you're missing a mom or you're missing a dad. People need both to function. And now they're saying you don't need either one. Wrong. 
single parent households, you can still have a kid that grows up and is successful. But man, is it harder, and man, do they go through challenges. Why would you do that on a kid? That is not biblical. And the next part, the queer affirming network. I'm not going to affirm a sin. Now, I might just say that. If someone's the homosexual or, or pro-homosexuality, that probably was not, <laughs> not the best thing they've heard. But it's a sin. And just like any other sin, we fight against the sin. And we tell the person, hey, we love you. We care about you. Just as we care about a person who's in lust, just as we care about a person who's uh, a kleptomaniac. I, a big example, but a uh, weird example. But I want us to get that that's a sin. I'm not going to say, go ahead and do that sin. No, I'm going to tell you that's a sin, but I'm going to love you and help you through it. So Black Lives Matter organization, what it stands on, or more so, excuse me, is that I just had a cough in my chest. You ever had like those coughs in your chest? It's really weird. But what Black Lives Matter stands for is not something I can support as a Christian. I encourage you to read it for yourself because I'm not making it up. I, I'm not smart enough to make it up. But I encourage you to read it and think through it with me. So we just got through the, the big things. We got through rioting, protesting. We got through police brutality. We got through Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. No way at all do I think I just solved everything. And everyone's going to listen to this podcast and be like, man, we should have just listened to Miles. He would have solved everything. No, 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 no. You can probably take apart my arguments. Maybe. <laughs> you can. You can throw different statistics at me. We can have different conversations. I believe mine held, hold up. Not because cause they're not my arguments. I, I've learned them from other people. I've, I've done some research from people way smarter than me. But I think this is a leaning as a biblical way to think. I really do. And I think we should be thinking through these. And I want a conversation about this, but I'm going to move on from really these these hot topic issues and just kind of look at an overview and delve in from a scriptural perspective. So I'm going to ask the question, and I want you guys to think. I'm asking questions, so we're thinking through together. What are some core problems in America? And I think one of the biggest is that we look at things from a political standpoint rather than a spiritual standpoint, and that we separate the two. And that even so, we separate the two and that we have politics on one side. I'm a politician. I, I, this is, these are my politics and these are my religious beliefs. And we separate them. And that we're separating that. We're putting things into different categories where we should be putting Christ at the center and things stem from that. That our politics and beliefs stem from that. That we're not defined, that we don't have all these different positions. That we're Christ-centered and we do what Christ would want us to do. That's one of the biggest problems. We're just defining ourselves, like I said, by different things. Our identity should be in Christ. That's our biggest problem. It, our identity is moving away from not from Christ, and we're defining ourselves by different things. And that's that's a big theme I'm trying to go through through this podcast. Because if you leave, I want you to be thinking. One thing I want you to remember is our identity should be in Christ. But one of the biggest problems I think going off of that is this hypocrisy, in that. There's, there's racism and that some people say, I, I'm, these people are racist, but they act racist. And I don't want to give examples because I don't want to get anyone upset because I'm not targeting anyone. I'm just saying there is hypocrisy. People say one thing and they do another. They say, you do this for me, but when it comes to me doing stuff for you, well, psh, whoa, 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 you do stuff for me. You do what I wanted you to do, but I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm not going to 
we're not going to reciprocate and go back and forth. There's hypocrisy. They say one thing but do another. And I could give you examples on that, but for sake of time, I want to I move on because I really want to cover this stuff because it's awesome. But another thing is that we're, we're selfish. We say, I want things this way, and I'm, I'm going to make sure they get this way. That's a big part of the riots, I think. Don't, don't chew me or get upset about that. But the riots are very selfish because they're saying, you're not listening to us? We'll make you listen because we're important and you have to hear what we have to say. Okay, we can talk about it. You, you don't need to go destroy someone's business. Like, we're listening. The world's so attentive right now. We were, can I just touch on the fact that we all agreed that George Floyd's death was bad? I've talked to a lot of people. Not one person has said it. And I'll be honest with you, in different uh, circumstances like Trayvon Martin and, and Breonna Taylor, I believe I've said those names right, that some people didn't agree. There wasn't all around unanimous. We're saying George Floyd's death, wrong. We had such potential to unite on this and come together and fight any racism that was there, unify, but then for some reason, we all, and this isn't a one side did this. I think it's, it's a lot of all of our faults because we all just jumped to different conclusions and then jumped to different things and then have civil discourse. And now we're all over the place and the world's more divided than I've ever seen. I'm 21 years old. I haven't seen a lot. But we're selfish. We say, I want things the way I want and I want it now. Another, another problem we're seeing is that people have false gods. And what I mean by that are they're idols. And I think one of the biggest idols is that people cause their their cause and what they stand for, whether it's Black Lives Matter, or All Lives Matter, is more important to them than serving God and making God the center and glorifying God. I think that's a huge, huge problem. Now, we're going into our biblical solutions. And we went through some hard stuff, but I want to give you scripture now to to encourage you and for you to go out listening to the podcast and say, hey. There's so much stuff going on in the world. But here's what Christ says. Here's what God says. So, number one, still looking at some biblical solutions to racism, how to respond, is that first we need to realize our place. Realize our place. Realize we're all sinners. First, before we even get to that, before we even get to that, let's get to something that might be more encouraging, that we, in Genesis 1.27, God says we are made in his image. That's awesome. you got to see the implication behind that because that means we have value. Not because of anything we did, but God made us. He did it, and we have value because of him. But each one of us chose sin, and now there's a whole bunch of ramifications that come through that. Now life is not fair. Now we deserve hell, but because of Christ, we are saved. And it's salvation through Christ alone. See, the problem right now, and this quote I'm about to say is not for me, but... Not something I came up with, but the problem right now is that people are seeing, there's a problem not, let me say it again. The problem is not with sociology. It's with theology. People are, what we're seeing is that people don't actually believe in the God of the Bible. They don't believe in scripture and they don't believe in Christ alone. They believed in a lot of people. I believe a lot of people believe in, in some type of God and maybe even in Christ, but they put works at so high an emphasis that's about what I can do. No, it's about what Christ can do. That's what we believe. We need to realize that we first realize what the gospel is about and who we are in relation to who Christ is. Because once again, he's at the center. Number two, what we need to be doing daily 
is reading and applying scripture. Colossians 1.10 talks about how we're focusing and growing and developing ourselves towards Christ, that we're not remaining stagnant, that we're actually in this process of sanctification, moving to glorify Christ, not just standing still. And let me, let me read to you Colossians 1.10 because it's too great not to read. It says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So you're walking in a manner worthy and that you're, you're bearing good fruit, that you're doing good things, not because they get you to heaven, but because Christ already saved you. And now an outshoot of that, part of that, is you doing what's right to glorify Him. And you're increasing your knowledge of God, that you're learning more about God each day. You should be learning about God when you go to church. And you should be going to church. It, <laughs> I, I could stop there. You should be going to church. You should be going to church as much as you can. There's very few excuses for not going to church. Let me just say that. But what I want us to be thinking is that people in the dark, and what I mean by darkness is people not with Christ, people not serving to Christ, they don't see the importance of reading Scripture. They don't do it. But us who are in the light, we see the light. We see Christ. We see how awesome he is. And we see this world falling apart. There's no other solution but Christ. So I want you to be thinking, are you in the darkness or are you in the light? And a lot of you, if you're listening, are probably in the light. But the problem is that we see we're in the light and we turn around and we try to find the light switch to turn the light off. That's so foolish. Try to go back to darkness. Try to go back to the world. I'm not targeting anyone. I'm, if anything, I'm targeting myself because I do this. And that we see that Jesus' blood cleanses our sin and that we don't have to be in the darkness, that we get a relationship with Christ. So we got realize our place, realize we're sinners, and realize that now we can grow in Christ, read and apply scripture. And then number three, reach out and love others. And Matthew 22 gives the great commandment here. Matthew, or, or Christ more so, says... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love others as yourself. Those are the two greatest commandments. And most of you listening know that. But man, if we would do that, that would solve all of our problems. If we would love God with every fiber of our being, that we know the world out there is so hard, but we're loving Christ and moving towards Him. If that was to be our first priority, man, how how much better the world would be. And then more so on that, that we're loving others as ourselves because we love ourselves a lot. You think about yourself a lot. I think about myself a lot. But if we would put that same energy into loving others, man, that would change the world right there. And that we stay committed. That's a, that's a core part of it, that you just don't do this for a little while, that you move forward. So my three points of really just how to solve racism... <laughs> How to solve this tension. And it's not my words. These are Christ's words, guys. That we realize our place, that we read and apply scripture, and that we reach out and serve God. So, we went through all of this big stuff. And when we were in the nitty-gritty of the opinion stuff, I might have said some stuff wrong. Talk to me about it. Please, please talk to me about it. And I want us to leave trying to first have the goal to understand God more. To secondly, have the goal to love others more. And third, to have the goal to be unified with others. Now, that unity doesn't necessarily mean 
that we, we agree with everything, but we work together and that we are unified by Christ. That's what's so great about it. We're not unified by ourselves. We're unified by Christ and that he's the core, that he's the one we focus on. Guys, that's amazing. It's, man, I just, I just hope we see this because it's, it will change your life each and every day. Your day in your life will get exponentially better when we love God fully and we love others fully. So I encourage you to stand up for something. And I don't necessarily, we all have sides, we all have different opinions. What I want you to stand up for and make a commitment to stand up for is to serve Christ and to speak out for Christ. To say, if someone's doing something wrong and it's against scripture, like, like I always go back to the writing because I, I can't, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, we can have a conversation about racism. We can say this person's wrong or this person's wrong and talk through it. But when we just start responding with sin, that's where we're going to see a problem. And that's when the world's going to just fall into complete and utter turmoil. You think it's bad now. It's only going to get worse if we continue to follow our sin. Because like I said at the very beginning, I, I believe I said it. In James, sin leads to destruction. All right? So I may have missed some things. I may have misspoke on this podcast. But talk to me. This is an opportunity for us common people. I'm doing quotation marks, but realize you couldn't see them. I want us to talk about this, to have some civil discourse and to hear from some different perspectives. So I hope this was an encouragement to you. I hope you learned some stuff, and I hope you were reminded of some great things, because I needed this. We each need this. We need reminders daily. That's why we're in the Word daily, all right? And please message me any concerns or questions you might have. I'm here to talk. That's why we're doing this, like I already said. Now, I'm going to read Hebrews 12.1, and this is going to be our catchphrase for the podcast, and you'll see, you'll see why, all right? But... Let me read it and we'll, and we'll be done. Hebrews 12.1 Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us one with endurance the race that has set before us. Now, this race might have many, many miles, but we can fully serve God through it all because of how great He is and how we focus on Him. Thank you all. Have a great day, night, morning, and I hope to see you next time. Mm-hmm.